Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have another devotion. We're in the book of Titus in chapter three. Yesterday we looked at verse one. Now I want to complete the sentence. I'm going to go from uh, verse one to the end of verse three. All right? Remind them, meaning Paul tells Titus to remind those who live in Crete, to submit to rulers and authorities, to obey and to be ready for every good work, to slander no one, to avoid fighting, and to be kind always showing gentleness to all people. For we too were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by various passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, detesting one another. This is the contrast to what follows. We'll talk more about this later. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us. So this was the context. Crete was a miserable, miserable place. I mean, they had, a, they had a lousy reputation. They were lawless, absolutely lawless rebels. It's something about island life. Living on Crete are like, <laughs> you're not my boss. And they would just defy authority. But now they've been called to submit to rulers and authorities, to obey and to be ready for every good work. Contextually within Crete, I mean, that you were no longer the, the lazy beasts and the gluttons. And, and, you know, you weren't acting like the stereotypical Cretan. Instead, you would slander no one. See that in verse 2? Man, we need that. Today, we live in an age and a, and a day where in... Uh, Christian libel has like a whole industry too. We have like this for-profit Christian slander industry complex. Like it's a, it's well-funded and now we can slander each other and get subscription dollars for it or ad revenue for it. And so it incentivizes more of it. It's terrible. Here's what Titus 3.2 says, slander no one. Slander no one. Don't spread lies about people. Don't do it. Don't try to disparage someone. Don't commit acts of character assassination. Don't slander anybody. Instead, avoid fighting. Be kind. Always showing gentleness to all people. That's nice. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a radical departure from the cultural norms of, of Crete. And it seems like a bare minimum. It sounds like a kids ministry rule list, doesn't it? But it was being written to full grown adults and it evidently needs to be reinforced today. Stop slandering people. Okay, don't, don't make up a fake <laughs> social media profile and, and, and slander somebody on the internet. And don't spread rumors about people. Don't gossip. Shut the gossip down. If somebody comes to you with gossip, it ends right there. Say like, hey, let's go to that person one-on-one. -on -one. Let's implement Matthew 18. Step one, go to one-on-one. And if they're not willing to go one-on-one -on -one to that person, evidently they don't really believe it. And they're unwilling to do what Jesus said, and their motives may not be pure. So look, no, instead, it's slander. And you shut it down right then and there. Yeah, but Jesse, what about giving bad news about somebody? Look, if it's, if it's a true statement, it's not slander. But if your motive is just to, is to hurt someone's reputation, you're slandering. And if it's written, it's called libel, L-I-B-E-L. Don't slander anyone. Instead, avoid fighting. If you've got like a desire to be in conflict, if you get like, if you enjoy conflict, check your heart. I've, I've had that, I've had that, that same proclivity in my past. I've enjoyed sometimes being in conflict because I enjoyed, at least in my own mind, like defeating people. And, and that's not a healthy desire. That's a sinful desire. 
So instead, submit to rulers and authorities, okay? Slander no one, avoid fighting, and be kind. Just be kind. Let your legacy be one of kindness. Be nothing but kind to people and kind to all people, showing gentleness to all people. That means be indiscriminate with your kindness to absolutely everybody. Show kindness to absolutely everybody. There were also cultural and ethnic implications to this. Be kind to everybody. Show gentleness to everybody. For we too were once foolish and disobedient and deceived. We were enslaved by various passions and pleasures, and we lived in malice. He's like, this, this used to be us, Christian. Before we were saved, we used to live in malice. We used to live in envy. We used to be hateful, and we used to detest one another. But then we were saved. That's tomorrow's devotion. But he's, he's saying, like, look, when you, when you are slanderous, and when, you are, when you're lawless, when you are unkind toward people, and when you, are, uh, when you deceive people, and when you're, when you're deceived by your own pleasures, when you're living hatefully toward other people, you're slipping back into who you used to be as a Christian. I see parallels between chapter three, verses one through three, going into verse four, and what we saw in 1 Corinthians chapter six. Like, look, that used to be you, but now you've been washed, justified, and sanctified by the spirit of our God. You're no longer defined by your past sins. Paul wrote this to the Corinthian church, and now he's reminding Titus of this, speaking to the, the believers across the island of Crete. Like you used to be caught up in malice and envy and hatred. You used to slander each other. But now you've been saved, not because of anything that you've done, but just because of the grace of God that has appeared. So it, it's similar in, it's similar in structure to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, this, this remarkable passage that tells us like we can't be known by our past sins anymore. So when you as a Christian, if you slip back into your old ways, you're going back to who you were before Christ. You used to be deceived. You used to be caught up in all of your passions, but you're not anymore. Now you've been saved, so act like it. Act like the saved. Be kind to each other. Slander absolutely no one. Be gentle, and be gentle towards absolutely everybody. That was Paul's exhortation to Titus to give to those in Crete, and I think it applies directly to you and I today. Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. This is Titus chapter three, and we're going to look at verses four and five. These are two of the most important verses when it comes to actually articulating the gospel to those who are caught up in legalistic faith systems. The most obvious example and prevalent example of that in my context is actually Mormonism. But here it is, Titus chapter three, verses four and five. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. You got to take the moment right now and go Google Adam's Road, because it's an incredible story of this dude who heard these verses for the first time while he was a Mormon on mission. 
it's incredible because it just puts it in perspective how you can't do anything. None of your works of righteousness saves you. It's totally grace. It's all of grace. And he points to these verses, how he would go from being a Mormon missionary to leading his brother to Christ, their father to Christ, and their mother, who was a professor at Brigham Young University, to faith in Christ. And it began with this text. We are saved by the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind, not because of anything that we've done. He saved us, meaning we didn't save ourselves. And it was not because of our works of righteousness. It's just through his mercy, his love for us, through the washing, the regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. That's how we're saved. There's not a thing you and I could ever do to add on to the gospel. We're not powerful enough. The most righteous thing we could do is like a filthy rag before God. It's all because of the washing, regeneration, and renewal of the Holy Spirit. That's what saves us. So go look up Adam's Road right now and be blessed by that testimony. Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's continue in our study of Titus. This is a portion of scripture that I've heard from testimonies of people who have converted to Christianity from Mormonism, leaving Mormonism behind and, and embracing the true, the true gospel. This passage was elemental uh, in, that, in that story. We're going to talk about the doctrine of justification today, so I hope, hope, hope you've had your, your copy. And then when we zoom back out, uh, I think that the, these verses 6 and 7 will hit home. Uh, all the clearer with a basis of the doctrine of justification in mind. So I'm going to get a running start. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Okay, here's the new text. Uh, we talked about that yesterday. Here's a new one. He poured out his Spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior so that having been justified by his grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. Wow. A lot, a lot in just a couple of verses, verses six and seven uh, have soaring theology to them. To be justified, imagine the courtroom setting. We are condemned. We stand there guilty. The evidence is incontrovertible and it's so abundantly clear and the wages for our action is death. Jesus himself takes 